This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is brought to you in association with Wednesday Picks, the free-to-play game where you can bag yourself a share of £1,000 just by answering a few questions based on our upcoming fixture. Just head to the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store to download the app and enter your predictions. You have to be over 18 to play. Please play responsibly and be gambleaware.org. You're listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast with your hosts James Mapping and Jamie Halcroft. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, we're recording this immediately after the Everton game, which ended in defeat for the Owls. Uh, we'll be giving our reaction to that performance, as well as going over a few talking points uh, before previewing our next games in the league. Um, as ever, I'm joined by Jamie. How, how are you, Jamie? Everything all right? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. Good, good, good stuff. So we'll get straight into it then. Um, I've got written down here, men versus boys. And I think that's probably it. A fair reflection on the on the game as a whole. Um, I mean, what did you, what did you think of the performance today, Gemma? Um, all, all in all, what I expected when I saw the team. But um, before, I think before we go through the match um, about first half and second half, what you think, blah blah blah. All in all, it were all right. Um, first ten minutes they were decent. Had that shot from reach. Um, apart from the header from Richardson, when it were tipped over by Wildsmith, I thought it was a really 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 good start. But then. After that, that would just it just went downhill, didn't it? But again, there were a few good performances in there as well. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, when I saw the lineup, I don't know if you, you saw that lineup that I thought we were going to play. It was absolutely totally different. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think there was any yeah. player on there that that I that, that I predicted. I think the whole there were only uh, Galvin in the back four that I said would would play. Um, you know, I were quite. Um, quite shocked to line up to be to be perfectly honest. I thought Marriott would have started, but uh, it, it was good to see that Green uh, got his got his first start. I know he got, only got forty five minutes, but to be fair, uh, I thought that were uh, you know playing it safe, which were uh, which were quite good. I mean, it's good to see the kids have a game. I thought one of the standout performances were Origide. I thought he had a Origide yeah, uh, and Brennan, I think. Yeah, I've got exactly the same down here. They've got both both of them on me on my list. Origide, I think in first half he must have been told to be touch tied to to Richarlison because he he didn't give him a sniff. Uh, you know, he 
that one time down down that near side, he left him for dead. He just, you know, <laughs> Richarlison tried to knock it past him, and I think he got there about three and a half days before him, and uh, just you know turned him inside out. And then there were, I mean, there were a tackle weren't he at Midland Park where he just knocked him into the middle of next week. So like I said, he really he really gave him a tough a tough going. And I think Richarlison, I think he switched positions in the second half because I don't think Origini were were marking him in, in the second half, which you know obviously having a bit of a having a bit of a tough time. So yeah, like you said, Brennan, he did uh, he did a solid job. Uh, I mean, it must be hard coming up against some you know world class strikers in which in which they are. You know, with um, Dominic Calvin Lewin, etc. But yeah, I thought, I thought they put in a I thought they put in a good a good shift. Um, I mean, it, it were a young defence as well. I mean, they were only Burner who had a bit of a bit of experience, but he's been out for for quite. Uh, for quite some time. What was the worst worst defender today? To be honest, like, to be honest, but um, he weren't horrendous. Um, you just said when you said about Yuri, what's he? How do you pronounce his name? Yuri, Yurigide, Yurigide. When you touched on him, um, I think what it is is a clever manager. Like I think is what he's done. Is, you, you know, he's the type of player that can get riled up and get sent off and put a challenge. I think that's what it were. But when you look at Brennan, did you notice right? You know, for the goal at Ross side, um, I'm not having a good Brennan. He's young and I thought he was brilliant. But do you not think he could have got a Footing, like you know, when he went through. I just thought he sort of left it. Yeah, I, I did. I did think that it's one of them ones where you know, probably just a little bit too far away from him. But yeah, I know what you mean. If he, he could have put a bit more effort in and got his got his toe under. I mean, in the end, we were we were fortunate that he was offside. That you know, he didn't he didn't count. But uh, but yeah, I did. I, I thought I thought the same. Uh, to be honest, I mean, one one thing that I thought was good is that we we actually that took the game to Everton in, in first half. I, I would I were worried that we were going to sit back and have 11 men behind the ball and be one of them boring games that, you know, where we would just sit back and just soak up all pressure. But the, the fact that we had Patterson and Green that were, you know, up top, and, and to be fair, they, they stayed up top for, for most of the game or most of that first half. So we, we at least had an outlet. I, I hate it when we have, like I said, when they all come back and then it's just literally just attack against defence. At least we actually... Managed to, you know, have a few attacks. I mean, if you look at the stats, it looks, it looks like a bit of a whitewash. To be perfectly honest, and I don't think it would. You know, I don't think, it, especially for the first half, anyway. Yeah, the thing is, like when you said we took it to him, we did for 15, 20 minutes. Um, for a start, let's say McManaman. It's nice to hear players like him, but on about Wednesday and his first game, Owen went to, and even come, I forgot main commentator's name. He was, and he went to Old Spring Cop when they were fine. All this, he was like, nice to have a bit of a build. It was all about Wednesday, like nice to have a build up and talk about him and like, yeah, they're a big club and blah, blah. It, it made me feel a bit rubbish as well, thinking where we are now. But I think like the yeah. first 10 minutes, when we're on it, first off, we had, we had three corners first off and the three corners were awful from Bannon. Really, really awful. Really awful. But then we had two shots on target from Green and Reach. And I think we reach, it really frustrates me because everyone's got their own opinion. But you look in the group, I'll, you know the Wednesday single group on Facebook, I'm always in that, I'm always posting that. But I've looked today and I just couldn't be bothered to post because all you saw, right, were somebody had put, Reach, I don't care what anyone says, Reach is crap. And then somebody replied saying, I thought the best player. And then somebody else replied going, he's average. And somebody else replied going, what you want about it? he's amazing. And somebody else replied, he's shit. And it was just, it's just like, it's not, there's no point in saying that because it, it's just one, I just don't understand it. And with Reach, I think he's, I think he's classmate. And he had that shot. He's always getting, trying to get balls in. He's, he's, he's he never loses balls. He's, he's comfortable with it. And I, I just think at half time, when you've got, him playing like he did when he played like he did he's, he's just come from Villa being released and he's playing alright and he's playing quite well to be fair and I were happy seeing him and now it's, it's promising but I, I, I said if, 
all I posted at half time were right. We need to what we need to do now is bring Windass on. A few people saw it on Facebook and Twitter and said, Yeah, fair play, because I were right with it, but they need to bring Windass on now and hold on for the first 15, 20 minutes and then try and sneak to it, not concede early, which is what we did. But that's why I don't get why we took him off it at half time, because we were looking promising and if you're not gonna risk goal, then just play all youth completely, not like but yeah, over all in all first I think I think to be fair, taking him off at half time we're probably we're probably best best option. Um he, he hadn't played much as a green. He, he's probably had well, he hadn't played a game for seven months, so he's always gonna be a little bit rusty. Although I didn't I didn't think he looked rusty to be fair at all. He, he didn't look like someone that not played for, for that long. But I think, you know, it, this game we, if we if we win it, fantastic. If we lose in end of world, we've got bigger bigger games coming up, uh, which obviously we'll talk about a little bit later on in the episode. You know, such as you know Coventry and your Preston and Wickham, all them all them games, which are going to be. I said they're they're far more important than playing playing Everton. So I think we you know we saw, we saw enough for him uh, to to see what he's all about, and then you know it'd be a nightmare for him to pick up an injury and, be, and miss miss those key key games. So I, I weren't too disappointed that they, they, you know they got taken off. Yes, it would have been nice to see a bit more of him but I'm sure you know we don't have to wait long I'm, I'm sure he'll be playing uh, playing on, on Wednesday night I agree in a way James but you, you can't you can't keep I know we have a lot of injuries but you can't keep thinking what if this player gets injured what if that player gets injured because you can't live like you can't work like that and at the same time like like look think about Galvin I praised him last game today he's young and I'm not going to sit here slating him but I thought he was very very well, not good enough to be honest he will really like slow I don't think he'll be like he replied to anything quick enough. I don't know. I don't. I can't see him being a regular. And then Penny come on. You're getting a bit excited when Penny come on. Um, I think as well with when you look at Pelu Pel- Pesci, I hate going on the bike all time. But that pass what he tried to do first half, what just I can't remember what exactly where, but he had one touch first half, passed it wide, and then he's waiting mark his man for this goal and that goal, and he's just like an headless donkey. But when you look at second half. It was just like a training game. It went corner after corner after corner. It was literally, I was sat there watching watching it when Penny and Thingy were coming on. Izzy Brown, I was thinking, right, let's see what these are about now. They scored from that corner before they come on. So then it just, oh, you give opinion to you. You're like, oh, God, I don't care now. But for two free headers from two corners, it's not good enough. I just think Wild Smith is all right. He's a good keeper, but he needs to command box a bit more. He needs to come out a bit more. It's two free headers. What Pelly Pessy again just lost him and just jumped in and I don't know. But then did you think it was Pelly Pessy? I, I thought it was Bernard's fault for that first goal. I mean, I don't commentator said it was Pelly Pessy, but they ran to the front post and Bernard just carried his run on and whoever it were that scored, Richarlison, he just stopped his run and it was free header. It made it, it made it look so so simple. I mean, I think he gave him a bit of a hard time. To be perfectly honest, I think uh, you know we're coming up against a, a side that's doing well in Premier League. The the golfing class from for most to them is monumental. Well, anyway, that's what I thought, that's what I thought with him. Um, two or three others, like I'm saying, and then, like, Izzy Brown, a lot of people have had a lot of cuts. I know you're not keen on him, whatever, but he come on, and as soon as he come on, I thought he did that touch where he turned out, got free kick, and you're thinking, yeah, and then he, he was all full passes. Everything about him awful afterwards, but again, I don't know what it is. I just think there's something there, but I don't know what it is. Like, anyway, that's that with him. I just think... Weezy Brown, someone like against Coventry and Wickham, lower teams, just try and see what see what it's like. Deli Al, not Deli, Bashiru, he's the player that signed and I thought the second he signed and I saw him play for 10 minutes, I thought he's not a footballer. He's just not a footballer. And today, again, it's divided opinion on Facebook. People think he's rubbish. Some people say he's good. I'm just not keen, but he's just like, he's younger, whatever, maybe game time. And then you look at Marriott, like, why would Derby let him go? When we're in a relegation battle with them, if he if they thought he had any potential or any chance at all of doing anything, like I I just don't know. I just think 
the main thing to take from today is there were no injuries. You've sort of seen a few players that played decent, that's sort of stepped up a bit like Brendan. I think it he can sort of come in, have, have a good, decent game when first-team players aren't playing well. Maybe even get on bench and come on. I don't know, but I just think over, all in all, the first half were decent. Second half, I think it was penalty at the end, by the way, even when it was 3-0. I think that could have been given as a penalty, but at the same time, again, eh, they are given and they're not given, but we didn't have much chance second half. We didn't do nothing and we, we ain't got no injuries. So let's move, let's just be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, you touched on Brown and you know when he, when he came on, I thought that he... Uh, he did look a bit promising, but you know, you, you already said it. I, I'm not a massive fan of his. I think he's just, he just looks rusty. And I, I mean, I, I, how long, how long is it going to take him to get up to match speed? I mean, yeah, he did that little flick where he got brought down and got him on that free kick. But then, I mean, what, what with that, what with that little outside right boot, but uh, outside right boot that he tried to do on the near side, he just toe poked it out for, out for a cold kick. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not his biggest fan. He looks promising, and I'm sure he will be able to change things. But um, you know, for me, he's just he's just not up to speed with with match at all. Uh, to be to be perfectly honest, um, I mean, overall, was he expecting him to lose? Yeah, I were expecting him to lose. Did, I'm just glad that they didn't embarrass themselves. When that third goal went in. I thought that wait a minute, here we go. It's going to be four, five, six nil. So I'm just, I'm just glad that they, I'm just glad that they managed to hold on and uh, and not get uh, you know and not get spanked. But they got a bit of a schooling, to be honest, on how to and how to play. So uh, yeah, when you what it were like at half time, I bet Fred, I'm looking. It looks like you're doing browser or whatever. And he said Everton to win three or four nil. Uh, four to one, something like that, and you're thinking, bloody hell. Anyway, and then when it was three 0 after however many minutes it were, he were like, Everton win six 0 these odds, and you think, oh god, and it were worrying you a bit. But yeah, it weren't that embarrassing. Again, when it was three 0 we had two corners uh, near the end, and they were both awful. Again, another day, five corners in a game in Championship, we we can score from them. So it just depends how you take them. But I just think the main thing to take from it is no injuries. We have a new podcast ready for you to download and listen to each and every Monday. So make sure you subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. Episode. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on and, and talk about again. We'll talk about the manager situation. Uh, I feel like a bit of a broken record, really. We've talked about this. What is this? Is this like the fourth week that we've talked about this? Every what single said, podcast. What did, I say last week? what did I say last week before we played Everton? When I said to you, I'm telling you now, there's no point in talking about a new manager because we're not going to have one by Everton match. And you were like, well, I'm not sure. And I said to you, didn't I? It's just not happening now. It weren't happening, and I knew that. But I tell you something, you know when we always talk about this manager linked, that manager linked. Have you seen who the favourite is now? One to one on. Roy Keane. Roy Keane. He's not coming. He's not going to be Wednesday manager. He's not going to do it. Like I'm telling you now, I, on this podcast live, I will tell everyone on this podcast live. If he does, I will run round Chapel Town completely naked and video it. Even though no one wants to see it, I'll do it. And now I'm going to have to message Roy Keane on Twitter and tell him to make sure he doesn't dare take that job. Well, I know. I mean, we had a message on uh, on Instagram. You know, James Tunney, he, he's put, uh, what would you think about Neil Thompson as permanent manager? I, I think, to be honest, at this moment in time, I mean, after what after what I saw in, in first half today, it, you know, he's trying to get him playing a bit more attacking football. Uh, I think he's trying to get players expressing themselves a little bit more, which is uh, which is always nice to see. For me, if they got given a permanent job, I, I wouldn't want him. I want to see him take a you know two, three, four year contract or something like that. For me, he just wants uh, to have the um, you know the job until the end of the season. I think that'll be uh, that'll be enough, and then we can reevaluate at the end of the season. But I don't think um, I don't think he's done a bad job. I think he's 
you know, of all the names that have been uh, been thrown out there, I, I can't see why why we wouldn't just give it Neil Thompson. We're not going to get a manager in before end of transfer window now, so it's not like they're going to make a, make an impact there. So let's just you know, let's just get a bit of stability. Let's get um, you know, let's get, make sure we stay safe at the end of the season, and then we can look at it again and see what we can what we can do. I don't know what you uh, think about that. Roy Keane, I think, yeah, no way. But I think I think my view on uh, Thompson is the main thing I said, James. Right, is I'm, I'm a big believer. Like in like people like Bullen when he got the job, I hated the fact that he was linked with it because people started to dislike Bullen, and you can't dislike Bullen. Like look at Wilder United. Now you knew it was going to happen. This, the, end of the, he's not going to be Sheffield United manager forever. End of chat, right? And with, he's not going to be Alex Ferguson, where the only manager in history and maybe Wenger a tiny bit where you leave and you're a legend at a club and you're loved and you leave on a good note because no one leaves on a good note like apart from like Ferguson or Guardiola or people like that so when you look at Thompson he's been no one really knew about him and like I heard him t- talking about on BT today about he used to play the Premier League at Switch and but I didn't know much about him I bet 90% of the Wednesday fans if they're honest well I admit that as well but now you look at him and you've heard a bit more about him recently and he does a lot for the club and he does a lot of background and blah 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 and then you give him the job permanently and you know Wednesday fans like him that's oh and we get relegated oh and then he has to leave and I don't want that I want him to do you know what I mean I want him to be, yeah. be like no pressure on him no pressure like now if he goes back to background staff and keeps doing what he's doing and everything's happy blah blah he takes over at first team and he's never had it he can't win because if he keeps us up I don't think he'll keep job but at the same time, if you don't, it's why why would you give him a job when he's no experience trying to keep why why is he managing when he's never managed? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just yeah. I don't think it's a win-win situation, but at the same time, you we're gonna get in and if you're gonna get someone in, it, it needs to be someone like a Pulis, but not Pulis, if you know what I mean. That's kept kept clubs up before. You look at West Brom trying to get Allardyce in to keep them up. You know a name that's never been mentioned. Is it Vill- Village West, um, West Brom manager got sacked? I've just, oh, yeah. He's just come to my head because I said, Allardyce, why is he not being mentioned, do you think? Because he's class. Do you know what I mean? That's a good shout, that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why. I don't see why not. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know. I don't know who we, you know, I don't know who we should have as manager, to be honest. All these names have been thrown around. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did a job at West Brom, although he you know, went, a bit, went a bit wrong near the end. But I'm sure he could do a job at Wednesday. Do you know what it is, mate? I was just looking at him. You know now, how many points do we now from safety? Oh, six. Uh, six. Six points from safety now. Is it? So listen, James, if it's six points from safety, listen, I don't know what you think, but be honest. Um, when we had them few wins, before we had our two cancelled, well, a one cancelled game, um, at Coventry, before we had that cancelled game and you're looking at the table and we've just got to that point where we've got out of it sort of thing and whatever. I didn't feel comfortable, don't get me wrong, but I thought, right, that's it now. I thought it's not a relegation. Well, it is a relegation battle. I don't know how to... Put, I would sort of say this but I sort of thought right that's it now well, we might lose one or two and go back into it a little bit but we'll always be three points off that place and then go but now again we haven't played one game with and you look at it again now and you think right we can win it Wednesday we're bottom again and not only that like it's not just it's not just like loads of teams in it sort of thing there's only two or three above us that, that are even so close sort of thing and I just it really is it really scary really scary yeah I mean I know we've got them games in hand but when you're at the bottom, it's all right having games in hand, but you've got to you've got to win them, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's it, when you're at top, you have you have games in hand, and chances are you are going to win those games. At the bottom, chances are you're not going to win them. I know we've had a decent a decent run. I know we've uh, picked up some uh, some good points in his last his last few games, but I'm, I'm just looking now and I'm seeing you know D- Derby are starting to pull away, um, you know, Rotherham 
uh, they've slipped up over over past over past couple of weeks. Uh, you've got Forest; they've they've had a couple of couple of wins in last in last few games. You know, if you look at the form from from the bottom four or five clubs, apart from Wickham, who well they've you know they look like they're uh, you know slipping even further down. But everyone's picking wins up, and you know, I, 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 I just. I don't want to see Wednesday getting uh, getting further and further away from that, you know, from safety. And I want him to, uh, I want him to, you know, win those games in hand and and start to drag himself out. Myself and Jamie bring this podcast to you because we're both passionate Wednesday eyes, but it doesn't come without a cost. Now we're not doing this to get rich, but for less than the cost of a match day pie and a pint, you can help support the podcast. By becoming a patron, you'll be helping the hosting costs, as well as allowing us to purchase new equipment to further enhance the listening experience and allow us to continue producing this podcast for you each and every week. Just go to patreon.com forward slash WTIDpod to become a patron of the podcast. Now, we don't want it to make you feel like you have to, but your support is genuinely appreciated, so thank you. Right, so anyway, I was thinking, James, this is a good bit of trivia to do for fans. Um, a few people have messaged asking if we could do something like this, and yeah, why not? So... I've got a clue here. I'm going to do three clues. So yep. I'm going to do clue one. Now we'll do clue two in 10 minutes and then we'll do the final clue, third clue in about 20 minutes, but then I'll also say the answer after. So the fans can, you've got to be honest when you tweet and say if you got it in the first, second or third clue or if you didn't get it at all. So the first clue is a French midfielder that Sheffield Wednesday signed from Southampton in 2006 and we initially signed him on loan. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh... I don't know who it is yet. <laughs> hopefully, I can. Hopefully, I can. Uh, hopefully, the second clue where uh, I'll have a bit more of a better, uh, better idea. I listened to Green talking earlier on, and he, he said that uh, in training already, uh, him and Bannon have had that that good relationship. Uh, you know, he said that you know he's whenever Bannon gets hold of the ball, he's going to be running. He's going to be you know running down the channel, or you know whether it's you know getting in behind that defence, and that's something we haven't had for for, for such a long time. We, we've not had that player that can. They can get in behind and you know and split that defence, which is is good. To, you know, hopefully, Green is that person. Yep, and the white set going back on that. You're right, and it reminded me of when he did come. And um, you know, when the player says a lot of right things and things like that, we touched on people on Instagram and stuff. Obviously, I followed him. He's a good player. His, his girlfriend's very decent, by the way, as well. But anyway, he's, um, <laughs> he's, signed for, he's, he's signed for Wednesday. He's signed for Wednesday, right? And straight away, he's doing all, all interviews. He looks lovely. He looks looks like he wants to be here. He, he looks like he's setting in. And then he's posting pictures in his shirt. He's posting on media like, can't wait to get started. He's on about banning and playing there. And then you look at him at Everton after all this good talk. And he's played like he has. He played very well, very, very well. There's not one way fan can say he didn't. Then you're thinking, right, has he got an end product? He had a good shot on target, right? So he's got an end product. If he's playing on wing, uh, you want to see what his cross is like or whatever. But then Harris, again, that just, if when you said last week about where would you play him instead of and all this, I like Harris. I know what you were saying last week, but I I love Harris, to be honest. But if he hasn't got that end product, and that's the only problem, when he gets into that decent position, is he either goes one step further and runs out of play, or he turns back and puts a cross into back. He just needs that end product. Uh, For me, obviously, he played green, and he played Reach and, and Harris. I think for me, you've got to have just two of those players. I don't think you can fit all three in a, in the side. Going back to today, I've just because it's just made me think like you look at Patterson today. The problem with it today, not only did we play Everton, and not only will he be a, signing, like I said, we played well today. Um, coming from Villa, from being a free agent and not having many games where and playing like that in, in Championship, you can just see him being a proper threat, a really, really, really good threat. But Patterson today, when you're playing in championships in it, dogged games and all this, and we didn't have him before, he's 
when you're getting balls in box, he's there and everything sort of thing today because you had quite these attacking players or wingers or whatever. He was just so secluded on his own up front that he didn't really know where to be, if you know what I mean. And then when obviously second half, Windass were on, he looked a bit more dangerous with players that were around him. And I think Patterson's just got to play where you know you've got a dogged game and you put you just hump the ball up to him sort of thing. Yeah, I think it will work. I just think you've got to get get it right where you're going to play him. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's that. He's not. He's he's not really like an out and out striker, is he? He's like you said. He's that. He's that tenacious. He's that. Um, dog, like you said, use the word dogged. He's you know he gets his you know puts his foot there where it hurts, puts his head, head there where it hurts. You know he's not afraid to uh, you know to do the dirty work. I know he. he uh, I don't know if you saw when he uh, went keeper when he uh, oh, when, he ran, into, <laughs> when he ran into when he ran keeper. keeper. That was that was some of, yeah, that was something that you see from like nineteen eighties, you know, nineteen eighties and nineties. Not 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 like you know in this day and age. You never you never see him bullying keeper. Though. It was a keeper. It was a keeper. How we dove that were funny, but not only that, you just thought, yeah, so, so what stuff? It's only going to bump into him. Yeah, just keep running. But just literally, like it, it doing no. Just it was like stuff. It. I can't be asked stopping me. I'm playing rubbish. I'm just. I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. Like it was just sort of like, and then it, then looking at him as if to go, well, get up. I'm, I only ran into here at two hundred mile an hour when I can't even run fast. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. It's funny you say that actually, because um, with, with keepers and stuff. Well, obviously, when I spoke to Chris Turner earlier on uh, this week, and that, no, that interview will be, will be coming out in a in a couple of weeks' time, uh, and he uh, and he, he mentioned about when he was playing, you know, the amount of times that you know strikers are just barging to back in there, and you know, keepers now get so much uh, um, so much protection. It's you know, it was just such a totally totally different game. Yeah, um, going back to Chris Turner thing, like I know. We're gonna, people obviously know we're going to release it when we turn as well. That's going to be after Tudgate, after Leuven's, and then it'll be in. But um, yeah, obviously I was working, so I couldn't I couldn't make it for that, which I'm a bit gutted about. But yeah, um, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I agree with most of it. Um, with 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 the situation at the minute, like you say, you can't you can't really judge a lot of things. So I just think it's almost thinking onwards and upwards, and just just keep being positive I think that's the main thing because like you say we are negative people our Patterson today is getting slated all over Facebook it wasn't good enough today it wasn't but you don't need to say it's crap is this is that is a donkey just yeah he didn't play well do you know what I mean just get on everyone's side uh, yeah yeah like I said earlier I think it's a bit harsh to uh, to get everyone on everyone's back uh, after you know when you come up against Everton um, you know the, the last game we played where Exeter they're uh, what league League Two side, they have come up against Premiership opponents, which is always going to be, uh, it's always going to be difficult. You can follow us on our social media. Just search for at WTID Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and make sure you get involved. They're just taking matters off the field uh, for a, for a moment. Um, don't know if you saw on the. Uh, on the web, on the website that uh, it was quite well received on social media that Sheffield Wednesday are going to going to revise their approach to uh, to the supporter engagement. Um, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a step in the right direction. Obviously, but only time will tell. Uh, I mean, here's what the, the club had to say. I'll just read out a quick uh, a quick statement that they put on the website. Uh, they put, having implemented numerous variants down the years and more recently via meetings with the newly formed Sheffield Wednesday Supporters Trust. The new strategy aims to form the basis of structured communal engagement across a range of fans groups. Uh, the club will put clear building blocks in place for the short and long term with the aim uh, to foster transparent dialogue with supporters of all demographics. Moving forward, we'll develop a panel primarily formed from established Sheffield Wednesday supporter groups. And, and earlier on, uh, I, I spoke to James Silverwood from the Sheffield Wednesday Supporters Trust just to find out exactly what that means to us as fans. 
first of all, I think it's positive. Um, and I think it should be, until we know otherwise, I think we should approach it with with positive frame of mind. Um, it's one that the supporters trust are happy to have, have played a, a small part in bringing into, into being. Um, I, I do think the open letter uh, that the trust released on the 29th of December, uh, we received just under 6,000 signatories to that. That was after we'd, we'd kind of cleansed the data to take out all the joke names, um, <laughs> which, of which we got a lot, unfortunately. Um, I, I think that did shake the club a little bit out of its lethargy. That's kind of the message we started to get from them. Uh, that it's maybe made them realise a bit about the scale of discontent and frustration and that they need to try and re-engage. And we'll be releasing uh, a formal club response, the Trust will be releasing in the next few days, a formal club response on that open letter, uh, which I think will will give a bit more insight into this. Um, So I think whilst whilst I do think we have to be positive about it, I also do think we have to be a little bit realistic and cautious where necessary. Um, I, I would, I would slightly. If it, um, by trade, I'm a university lecturer, so I would slightly, I would slightly argue with the club about how new this all is. Uh, I think we've had steering groups that are very similar to this um, engagement strategy before, uh, and unfortunately, for various reasons, that they didn't prove to be all that successful over the long term. So I think in terms of what this means for the trust is um, we're, we're obviously going to engage with this. It would be um, it, it would be crazy for us not to um, uh, you know take take the hand that's offered by the club when they're reaching out. We're going to engage with this absolutely. Um, I think in the short term it means a lot more hard work for the trust um, because I think one thing we do need to do is make sure that this fan engagement has has a proper structure in place because I think it has to be credible. And I think it has to produce results so that it, um, it basically has confidence among among the fan base. Um, so I think we're going to need to know a few things. And I think the trust are going to be working to hopefully with the club to try and firm up exactly what, what, what they mean by the offer. Um, for example, I think we need to know who, who's going to be producing the agenda. Is that something the fans groups are going to produce? Um, I would argue it has to be, um, has to be led by the fans, the agenda. Um, who, who's going to be um, drafting the summary and the record of the meeting and, and how are they going to get sign-off from nearly 10 to 11 different fans groups? That's going to be very difficult. Anyone who's been to these types of meetings in a professional setting will know it can be difficult to get everyone to sign off on on minute. That, that could be really problematic. Uh, and actually, the trust is... It, that, that's a little bit that we're a little bit cautious about because we've had an arrangement with the club for the last six months where our meetings would be have an agenda and would have um, the release of a structured, uh, sorry, would have the release of minutes there, there after the meeting, um, sorry, release of a summary after the meeting. And to be honest, it, it's not proved that easy to, to, to actually organise in practice. So I think the trust is going to go into this process and say to the club that actually we think in terms of breeding confidence among the fan base to actually Modern, just use modern technology. Let's get them recorded. Let's possibly even get them streamed live, and let's get proper proper fan engagement. Let's get the club at the vanguard of what fan engagement actually is by doing these type of live streamed events, uh, and take it from there. Really, in in the longer term, I think we've we, we, the trust feel like we've had a bit of success in one area of our strategy in getting the club to reconsider its approach to fan engagement. So in the longer term, we're just going to continue the hard work of trying to advance our strategy in other areas. Um, 
very, very soon we're going to be consulting and balloting our members and looking for support from other groups such as podcasts like yourselves on whether to pursue an application with Sheffield City Council to get Hillsborough designated as an asset of community value. So, I mean, um, just going back a little bit, um, I think you've already touched on, we, we don't kind of, kind of know what the agenda is going to be, but what, what sort of things do you, do you want to be bringing up in these uh, these sorts of meetings? Well, well, I think if, if it's going to be a process um, that's worthwhile, it, it can't be just um, in inverted commas window dressing by the club. I think it's got to be a real process. I think it's got to lead to uh, changes in the way that the club is run and how decisions are made. And I think ultimately it's having the meetings, having actions that arise from the meeting and then the club actually following through on those actions that's going to build trust among fans that this process can actually work. So we hope that the meetings are going to cover issues of real weight. They're going to look at things such as ticket pricing strategy. They're going to look at issues such as refunds. The trust has done some research on the offer that Sheffield Wednesday have put to 2021 season ticket holders in comparison with other uh, championship clubs. And, and unfortunately to report, it, it's not great in, in comparison. Um, I think it should talk about things like organisational structure within the club you know, two two separate EFL independent disciplinary commissions now have uh, have found that uh, essentially Sheffield Wednesday were deducted points, not because the stadium sale broke the rules, but because we were several days late with submitting the documentation, which is a real uh, failure of management and governance. Um, and it needs to it needs to be a process that produces actual results. Um, and I think to that end, fans groups that are involved are going to need to work together and collaborate. Um, and that would be my appeal to any of your listeners who are from those groups who've been invited, is let's work together, let's try and tackle the core problems at Sheffield Wednesday uh, and not, not you know, skirt around the edges of them. Absolutely. Now, uh, just, just finally as well, I just want to explain to listeners what exactly the you know, Sheffield Wednesday Supporters Trust is and what your overall goal and aim is moving forward. Yeah, so so we're we're legally we're a legal structure um, regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. We're an official supporters trust, um, also affiliated to the Football Supporters Association. Um, we're, we're the only Sheffield Wednesday supporters group with that with that affiliation and the official tag of being the being the trust. The, the legal structure with the FCA is one of a community benefit society. And what that means is that we have twin twin purposes, really, we, to try and improve the connection and engagement between our members and Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, but also to develop schemes to try and improve the local area of Hillsborough and, and the wider city. Uh, and to try to achieve those aims, we've got a four-point strategy. Uh, we try and provide a voice for our members with the club through dialogue. Uh, we try and be an efficient and organised organisation, uh, you know, building trust membership, but also providing our members with with uh, internal trust, um, you know, democracy to help them um, develop our strategy and operations. Um, we, we try and do our campaigning to try and influence Sheffield Wednesday Club strategy to be more sustainable. Uh, we do this through dialogue, but we also do it through public activity like the open letter and the research reports we've released. And if your listeners haven't seen those, um, that they're, they're on our website Um take a look uh, you might see see what you like in there um, and then finally we just we try and help the local community by engaging in community activities and that's all in a nutshell really excellent so um, just finally as well if, if anyone wants to get involved with what you're doing then how do they how do they do that 
Yeah, so so the best way you can be involved, the best way you can help us grow the trust is is, is by becoming a member. Uh, so it's fwfctrust.co.uk. Um, we um, we do charge uh, per membership of ten pounds, uh, but we try and give members um, value for money um, by engaging in in our internal discussions through consultation events and. We've got some members' events coming up, and uh, also recently our, our Sheffield Wednesday Trust badge has proven particularly popular on uh, social media. That seems to be something people enjoy. So join us, get involved, um, and let's try and make Sheffield Wednesday a better football club than it is at the minute. So I'm just going to uh, uh, touch on transfer rumours. Now, we haven't had a great deal uh, since we signed Andrea Green last week but so one that's been rumbling on for quite some time uh, which I thought was off but apparently it's, it's definitely back on is, is Sam Hutchinson now Sky Sports linked him linked us with him again uh, saying that he, he was due to have a medical yesterday uh, you know, as we as we record this uh, Bannon said that he wouldn't mind him coming back either although I'm not going to read too much into that because you know they do get put on the spot somewhat, and they, you know what they need to what they need to say. Um, I mean, quite a lot of people have been talking about him on on social media. Some people have been you know saying that they want him back. Some people have been saying that and you know I, you know I don't want him at all. Is he gets injured too much in suspensions and things like that? The way I see it, um, I don't see him as a like you know a replacement to someone you know like Luongo um, or, or Bannon or anyone like that. For me, I, I see him more as a, a bit of a like a backup player. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a hell of a lot of fixtures coming up uh, in the you know in the near future. Um, I know we spoke about that last week. I think you know we're pretty much playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So for me, squad rotation is is absolutely key. Um, uh, you know, hopefully we don't need to use a Samuelson, but if if we do pick up an injury or if we do, you know, I've got tired legs. At least we have got someone else that can come in there uh, and, and and he can take their place. Well, personally, James, is my opinion. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd do see him taking someone's place straight away, Paulie Pesce. Um, he's playing a lot of games. I'd have him over Paulie Pesce every day of the week. Another thing, um, like I say, I have no fans are divided. I know when they listen to this, a lot of people, 90% of people will say, yeah, he talks a lot of truth for him. And then 10% of people say, some things he says is crap. But I'm only about Will Hutchinson. He is, he, we need him in our team. So thinking about Hutchinson, this will sort of prove a point, right? When he, when he run about coming back, it's when Pulis took over, right? And Pulis were even saying, he was even saying, I see him like Sam Hutchinson. I see Liam Shaw being like Sam Hutchinson and stuff. That's what he was saying in interviews and whatever, right? So this also shows now that now Pulis has gone. He's still, he's not, he's, Pulis has gone. We don't need to try and sign him again. So it's Chan Seer, he was, he was doing all this. He is trying. So take that, how you might take it, tell, take it the way that Chan Seer says, we're having him back, Pulis, do you want him? Like, you've not got an option. Or take it away like, yeah, I'm listening to what he said and he's a decent player, let's take him back. Either way, we need Samuelson in that team. Yeah, he might get injured, yeah, he might get suspensions, but we're in a relegation battle. What better than somebody that's a battler? Simple. Yeah, like I said, for, for, for me, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't see him, if he does come, I can't see him going straight into the side. I, I think Luongo is, is, a, is a much better player than Hutchinson. Yeah, but he's injured. Uh, I would, yeah, well, I mean, when, he, when he comes back, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said... Um, I wouldn't have said he were better than him. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that he's not going straight into the side. Come, you know, two, three, four seasons ago, I thought he was absolutely class. But you know, he's knocking on a bit now. I, I can't. I can't see him uh, walking straight in. But yeah, he's, he's got to be a good addition. He's been there when we've you know got to the playoff final. He's you know, he's been around the block. He's done all. You know, he, he surely he's going to be 
But if he likes him, sure, he could be like a bit of a mentor for him or, or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to sign him. I think he will be, uh, um, it will be, a, you know, a good addition. I just, you know, I just don't see him as that key key player. But again, yeah, let's uh, if we can get him, it will be a, a good signing. Yep, I, I know, I know exactly what you're saying, and I, like I say, I agree with most of it. Again, I just, I think that. It would go straight into the side, not not because Luongo. I know he won't get another love of Luongo, but he's not fit. If he were fit, then yeah, not not, not a chance. But then again, these players in defence now won't be playing if Fiofa were fit. Do you know what I mean? So it's an option as well. It's an option we need. It's somebody that doesn't need a manager there because he knows the club inside out, and it can only be good for him changing them. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other name that's been that's been thrown out there as well. Um, I must admit, I don't know much about him. Uh, Harry Pickering. From from yeah. crew, uh, no relation to Ronnie, though I don't think. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, <laughs> so James, so James, I, I, I was going to um, mention him until you just did then, but I don't know much about him either. I'm not being funny. What Wednesday fans going to know much about a crew left, left back? Yeah, left back. Yeah, but anyway, so this this again touching back on last week. You remember him running about reaching transfer on if he signs a new contract this if he if that that and at the end of the season yeah but if he signs a new contract now clubs might not come in for him all that rubbish but not rubbish but all that we were saying about him talking about him and now you look at this new kid he signed a new contract four months ago for three years it doesn't make a difference if you sign a new contract this is what I'm saying about players signing a contract it's stupid not to when you're coming up to end of a contract because if you don't you get injured your career's done but if you do sign a contract like he did a few months ago it doesn't matter if you've got a contract there because if you're good enough you're going to move anyway yeah, the only thing the only thing is um, from a player perspective with that is if he signed a, if he signed a contract for four years, crew don't have to let him go. He could just stay as a crew player for them four years. Um, you know, if I know I know like you know if he could refuse to play and all this all this rubbish, and that's obviously not what you want when you're paying someone's wages. Uh, you'd rather obviously offload him, but uh, it's, it's a bit of a fine fine balance, isn't it? You know, if you, if you, if you don't if you don't uh, sign a new contract. It can just go for nothing, so um, so that's why they, you know, that's that's why they try and do it so they can get a bit of money from him. I mean, um, I'm just looking into that Harry Pickering. Um, he scored ten goals from from left back. It looks like the it looks like the new uh, new Reader Johnson. Well, yeah, the thing is with him, mate. Two things about that. It just reminded me he scored ten goals and he come from crew. That sounds a bit like Bulgaria to me, and he come from crew. But anyway, second second thing on that is you're right about that they don't have to let him go but they also know the chairman also knows and the manager knows that if you do sign that player right it doesn't matter if you know if the come, if an offer comes in from Wednesday and is it crew he's going to go he's going to go and they also know that yeah although they've signed him and he has to stay if they want him to they also know that they're going to get a lot of money for him they're going to get money for him and they also know that he's going to want to go and they also know that then he's not going to he's, he's going to he's going to have to go and he's going to be upset and blah 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 and they're going to get the money they want for him so it's a win-win yeah. Well, Blackburn apparently came in for him earlier on. Uh, they had a bid rejected of about four hundred thousand, and it's been reported that we've we've had a uh, put a bid in a six hundred thousand. So it's not massive. Uh, it's not massive money. I've got a good good point to make here. I don't know how it all works properly behind the scenes, but transfers and how you have to pay and this and that. But you think about this as well from crew. I don't know. Again, this guy could be a mile off. But Sam, he's just signed a new contract. Is it a League One club? Is it League One or League Two crew? League two. League two. League two. Christ. Anyway, they're in League two, yeah. He's signed a new contract. The most he can be on is seven grand a week or something in League two. Let's just do an example. So he's on seven grand a week. Seven grand a week, right? For 10 months. Seven grand a week. What are you talking? So 20 grand. So 20, 28 grand for the month. 28 grand for a month. Uh, 30 grand. So you're talking for a year. 300 grand. So you're talking about just over 300 grand for a year, right? So that, so that Wednesday do come in and pay 600 grand for him. That's already two years' wages paid. 
Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't not work for crew if they sold if they sold him anyway because they've got the money and they're not going to be paying his wages when he's agreed to contact, which would have to pay compensation as well. So it'd work for them either way, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I stand corrected as well. By the way, uh, crew in League One. It shows how much attention I pay to the uh, the so-called lower leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is is because when, when me and you used to go to away games, you know what it was like. We'd go to Exeter, then we'd go to some weeks we'd go to Crew, then we'd go to them and them and wherever. And honestly, we, they were Plymouth in Championship, then they were Plymouth in League Two, then it's Plymouth in just in, everybody's in every league. Hartley to me Pole, what about them? They've dropped like a stone, haven't they? I remember when, when they beat us, when we beat them one nil away, and they were on top of the league, even playoff final, obviously. Yeah. yeah, just going on to uh, talk about that. Then uh, you said about away games and stuff. What what would you say the worst? worst ground you've been to is I'm going to I mean I've not been to loads of away games one of the worst grounds I've been to uh, I went to Saltergate when Chester when Chesterfield played there before they moved to that new new uh, that new ground that were like a shed that one and uh, another one which, which was strange were Walsall I can remember I had my ticket I, I, I you, the best is it called Best Scott Stadium still, or is it? What, no, I think it's changed. Bradbury and Ormond when when they went there, but I liked it. Wasn't when it? I went there, they were just building that new stand. They were like their their cop, so to speak, um, which weren't open yet. But I can remember I had my ticket, and it said it, it said I were on row row K or something like that. And I thought oh, I must be near the front. Oh, well, <laughs> my dad were at back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was about 10 rows. It was, it was eight tiny, this little shed. The Wednesday is dead. The Wednesday I can remember that game. I don't. I can't remember who they, their player were, but he, uh, everyone was singing, you know, where's your caravan? Where's your caravan? Jippo, Jippo. Oh, every player as well. So, well, so I, went, I went there. I did go there, James. Um, and it were... Again, I don't, I've just said, I said, no, man, it's like every week I'm talking about sitting in different ends. I don't do that. There's two games in my life and there's a reason because I work in Walsall. Wednesday fans obviously sold out. So I went and sat and I stood up. We drew one one. I stood up. I said, worst one for me. It were, it were the worst one, but it was the best because of the day. So you remember Kenwyn Jones? When he's, yes, he signed, yeah. signed on loan, it were a Doncaster away at the old ground and there were no roof. So it were his old ground. There were no roof on it whatsoever. So you went away and when you when we scored, it was like we weren't scored. You just you didn't know because there were no like, Surround sound, there were nothing, there were no like it was just like you just like standing outside in, in a car park with your mates and cheering. And you just didn't you didn't realize, but anyway, that's when McLean scored a hat trick and Kenwin Jones scored on his debut when we won 4 0 away at Donny. And but yeah, that were an awful, awful. And yeah, talking about memories, uh, something I just want to mention, um, as everyone knows, obviously, we did had that interview with Glenn Lubens, which which is going to be coming out uh, again in the next couple of weeks. Um, we asked him uh, what his most memorable game was, uh, and he said it was the uh, the Brighton game at home in playoff semi final, uh, when the, when the whole ground were lit up. Uh, you know, he, he was saying that it was magical and something he'd remember for for you know for his whole lifetime. So that prompted me to to fire up YouTube and, and I just put the highlights on of that that game again. And uh, if you, you know, there's some there's some fan footage of everyone you know singing you know if you don't fucking bounce. And I have to admit, I watched it and. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Don't get another three-star review for those, uh, for those swear words. <laughs> we're sorry, though. Because the thing is, James. Sorry, before I've got to interrupt. The thing is, we're only joking, obviously, because it is upsetting getting a three-star review. But the thing is, he did like it, and at the same time, we do say it's explicit, blah blah, whatever. But at the same time, we don't want him to stop listening because we do appreciate it. But it, 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 we do, we do like. It just slips like, out, doesn't it? It just slips out. Yeah. We don't, we don't mean it. We don't mean we'll, it. We'll do is but, we'll message him and tell him exactly what minute and what second there's a word, and then he can cover his kids. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, I was just I was watching that, and and the whole like hairs on my neck were standing up when I were when I were watching. I mean, whereabouts were you sat? I worked in Zanti every summer dinner, and you know that for eight years, and I couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it. I went to Brighton away, but I couldn't get to home game. Um, I were, uh, just watching it and telling everything about it. I still have my hair standing up. I still watch videos every day. You know how passionate I am about it, but that's one game I couldn't get to. But I'll tell you what I did go to, Derby away when there were 2,000 Wednesday fans when Reader scored in 90th minute and the home fans. Have you ever seen that video, the home fan videoing Wednesday fans in 90th minute? There were 10,000 of us, 9,000 summer, if you don't, effing bounce. Or, but have you seen that video? No, I've not seen it. You have to, you have to send it, man. I'll tweet every it out. Every single Wednesday fan listen to this, type in Wednesday fans at Derby if you don't effing bounce, if you haven't seen it. If you haven't, when you watch it, it's amazing. It's a Derby fan sat right next to Wednesday fans. Video and it's incredible. And one more thing that's just reminded me, Birmingham away when we won 2-1. There's so <laughs> many. That fan, what, that, that that, fan, the fan yeah. in the box. Listen, listen, James, the fan in the box, which is amazing. I know you've seen it, but please, Wednesday fans, type it in. Birmingham fan in the box behind the net, Wednesday net, when they were smashing the windows. And the, the view from the Birmingham fans video on Wednesday when we scored the first. Also video on the fans like dancing and singing, which you might not have seen, but then also video in the next two minutes because we scored two minutes later. So video in the second goal going in and going mentally again, it's brilliant, the video. It's so funny. When, when they turn around and that, that play... It's fist his face. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just like this deadpan face. Oh, man, that, that, were, uh, that were funny. And second clue before um, we get too late. So the second clue on the quiz question earlier. So... I mentioned earlier that we signed him from Southampton. He's French. So the third clue is when he left Sheffield Wednesday, he went to Plymouth. He also played 39 games for Wednesday, but he didn't score any goals. That's the second clue. He went to Plymouth from Wednesday. Last clue coming up in a bit. I still ain't got a clue. You've absolutely done me on this one. <laughs> I ain't got a clue who it is. I've, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, nope. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely drawing a, drawing a blank on that one. Last, last one coming up in a bit. The Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Um, now, just something else that uh, I want to talk. I already have, I've done to a, a certain degree, um, and, and we did speak about it last week. It's just this fixture congestion. I'm, I'm just a bit worried. That with the amount of games that are that are coming up, uh, I, I just I just feel like you know we're gonna you know I know I keep saying about injuries and I, I keep banging on about it all all the time, but it's it's because we get so many of them. You know we've, we've constantly got some someone out. I mean I don't know if you if you heard, but but sure he'd not trained for a, for a couple of days. That's why. Yeah, he, is that he, why he didn't play like, today, James? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, picked up and picked up a knock and missed a bit of tra- you know missed a few days of training. Which you know, there's no point risking him, is there? If uh, if it is only a, a cup game, but you know, would you, you know, I, don't, I just don't want to be picking up all these all these injuries. Um, obviously, we've got Coventry midweek, and then we go to Preston uh, on the on Saturday. Uh, which obviously again we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later. For for me, we, we've got to we've got to rotate the squad as much as we can. I think we've got a few more players now. You've got you know yeah, you've got Izzy Brown. We've got we, we've got your favourite Pelly Pesce. We've got uh, we've got Bannon, Reach. Now we've got um, Andre Green, Harris. We, we've got we've got quite a few players now. Obviously the whole the whole back four today. We're you know we're a totally different back four to what we what we normally see. You know there were no. Um, 
no Tom Lees, there were no Shane Unkley, no no um, no Palmer. So I think we can we can rotate the squad and, and expect to, to see players um, you know changing week in week out. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing to be honest. Yeah, I think I think touching on that, James. I think it also shows you know today you think about a few months ago before Shaw played, and now think about today when Shaw wasn't in squad or lineup or squad. What were everyone talking about? Where's Shaw? Where's Shaw? Where's Shaw? Where's Shaw? I think that shows, shows how important, no pun intended, I think that shows how important Shaw is. Do you not agree? It shows that he's now he's the first one you want to see and if you don't see him, oh God, what's up? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the only, my only problem is I, 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 let's, I don't want him to, you know, heap too much pressure on him. I, I want him to be able to play. I want him to be able to do them I want him to be able to do them spins that he did against Exeter. I want him to, you know, go on them long runs and you know and get that get that assist. I don't want him to end up being that one that's scared to to do anything. Yep, you're right. But if he's going to be good enough, he's going to need to put up with that pressure anyway. So that's another thing that he can improve his game if he puts up with that pressure early enough. And talking about spins, did you see Barry Bannon's what he tried today at Everton? What he <laughs> did? If, if he wouldn't have been two foot four, he might have reached that. He's like. Yeah, I think uh, I think a few players tried a few things. I know AC Brown tried that. Like I said, that that little flick that went totally wrong. Uh, I bet yeah, I bet some people were having a bit of a giggle. So uh, obviously we've played Everton today. Next game in the league, we've got Coventry coming up on uh, on Wednesday uh, away from home. Now, just we have a look at Coventry and their their form. They've had a terrible run of form recently. Four defeats uh, in six in all competitions. That included the one 0 defeat. Um, that we handed to him uh, a few a few weeks ago at Hillsborough. They had just the one win against Millwall, and the last time out they got they got beat three 0 be uh, by Reading. They haven't had a game this weekend, so they are going to be they are going to be you know fresh and and what have you. But I, I know we keep saying it; uh, these are just must win games. When you know, when we're down near the bottom, when we're, when we're playing teams that are also down down near the bottom in their eighteenth, they're I think seven points above us. In the in the league, you know, we, it's a game that we just we just have to win. I mean, there's absolutely no no ifs or buts. We've just got to got to beat them. Um, I mean, we, we, I think it was Pulis's first game in charge when we uh, when we no, no, wait, no, wait, his first game in charge. Wait, it was first win, win, wasn't it? It was first win. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something, James. The way the way I see it is, you know, when you sat there saying this, then they're, they're on rubbish form. This and that, and when you sat there, the more you talked about how rubbish they were, then about the form and everything, the more it's such a Wednesday thing to do to not win. So the Wednesday thing that we do is stop stop people's rubbish runs. If you just sat there going, Coventry being on a good run, they don't concede headers, we'd have scored an header. They don't do this. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the Wednesday thing to do. So I just think the more they're not on a run, the more they're going to want to get up for it. The more they haven't been playing at the minute, they've had a rest, the more they've got to plan and look at Wednesday and tonight. Do you know what I mean? So I just yeah. think two ways to yeah, I mean, I was talking to uh, one of the uh, Coventry fans as well on on Twitter. I was asking him who their uh, player to watch is, and he he said that Gus Hamer is their is their one to watch. So I had a, had a bit of a look up on uh, on who he were. He's twenty three year old sign from uh, a Dutch side in the summer. Uh, he scored four goals from midfield. He's actually their their leading goal scorer. Uh, so he's, <laughs> I think Coventry like us are struggling for goals. Obviously, we've uh, I think. Is it four or five goals that Patterson scored scored now? So, yeah, they're they're not uh, they're, no they're not scoring uh, scoring a great a great deal. Um, but yeah, we, you know he's he's, the, he's there he's there one to watch. He's already got a red card as well, so hopefully we can 
rile him up a bit and uh, <laughs> get, him, and get him sent off. Obviously, Coventry's the weird one, isn't it, away from home? Because, you know, I know we spoke about the Rico when, when I went there in you know, a few episodes before, but uh, they, they play at Birmingham, don't they? They play at St. Andrews, so it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a a bit of a strange one. Um, obviously, we can't go like like all these games uh, now, but I mean, how do, you, how do you see that game going? You know, Coventry away when, this Wednesday. Well, I, the way I see Coventry when when you talk about away games, it's it, I don't see anything like scary now, like Norwich when we played Norwich. Even though they had a thousand fans, like it's it's not. We always seem to win at Norwich, by the way, before this one. But when you look at any team in Division Nine, any single team away from home, it's not away from home. Do it is, but do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like where you think I don't know. Like if if you go to a place like where your fans are packed in or whether Wednesday can't win there because it's too scary it's not like that anymore so away games are on thinking about Rico Arena it, we never won there ever won there and we just don't ever seem to get out there whereas at Birmingham it's completely different obviously Coventry they, I don't know whether it's to do because they're not playing at their own ground or what but they just haven't seem to have a don't seem to have a good record playing there but I think Wednesday will get a result there I really do yeah, when I, I mean, I hope they do. Uh, like I say, it's, a, it's an absolute must-win, must-win game. And then straight after that, uh, we, we've got a Preston, uh, or Preston come to us, should I say. We've got Preston at home on on Saturday. Uh, they've they've done they're doing quite well. They're, I think they're tenth in the league. They've they played today you know, at the time of recording. Uh, they had a I think a nil-nil draw with with Reading. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Reading are flying, aren't they? To be to be fair. So yeah, to take a take a point off them is not. Uh, not too bad. I mean, for me, with these next two games coming up, uh, realistically, I mean, I'd, I'd look, obviously, I'd love to say win them both, but if we could take four, maybe, you know, even a, even a win and a, and, a, and a defeat is not end of world. If we can take you know, at least three points from the next two games, I think that's, uh, I think that's, you know, it's got to be a positive. It has, but at the same time, James, you know, last week, remember we were talking about when I was saying, I know it sounded stupid, but I said, I think three points is enough from the next two games because as long as they don't lose thingy, I don't think Wickham will be there, whatever. Now it's different because at Coventry, the game after Preston, we've got Bournemouth away and yeah, fans on there, but Bournemouth are solid at home and it sounds daft saying that when they just lost 1-0 last week or everywhere, but it's not sort of one of them games where you go there and expect to sort of win or whatever. So before it was Wickham, now it's not. So at Coventry, it's turned into an even more important game, but Preston after, it, I look at that way. You know, you know when you saw that season where we, I think we lost two at home when we beat Newcastle and season we playoffs and whatever. You used to look at home games and you fancy them against anybody. But you know now, even though we've won the last few, it's not the same. Even I remember Michael Owen mentioned our big pitch wear and all this on thingy earlier. That's a massive thing that, and I think if you touch on it, when fans are packed round in Hillsborough, there's thirty thousand there, where it's, it sort of seems more packed in. But I just think we've got more chance when you go away to these grounds that are smaller and not smaller, but pitches are. You can run it, attack at a defender, and when he attacks that first man and gets past him, he's sort of in on goal. Then he's not got to run a lot further on. Win- to, I don't know. I just think, I just think it's at home. I don't feel solid anymore like we used to do. Yeah, I mean, we I mean, normally talk about uh, big pitches. It's normally the width in it. It's um, you know, hopefully, you know, with with Andre Green, we can exploit that that width a little bit more. Hopefully, that might you know might bring. Harris into game a little bit that might bring his bring his game on Harris on a small pitch can you imagine he'd, he'd, to kick off at halfway line he'd touch, he'd touch ball once then touch it again and he'd be a goal kick one thing I wanted to, to, uh, to touch on with, do you think the fact that there's no fans do you think that's a 
positive, not not from your point of view, because I know you'd want to be there to watch the game. But everyone knows how we how we get on the fans back. I just think the the position that we're in in the in the league. If we were there at the game, Jesus Christ, we'd be there'd, there'd be booze going out left, right, and centre constantly. I mean, I mean, it's like a church at best of times, even when we're playing well. But for it, for me, I think the fact that there's no fans there and where we are in the league, we we we're hopefully well. It, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a positive if you want to look at it like that. In that we're not going to get on the back, we're not going to not going to drag them down. Yeah, I think I think main thing first say we need to obviously Wednesday fans we're not saying that we're, we're rubbish or whatever, we're just basically it's true. Like when we go to home games it is boo boo boo. But I think the best way to explain that, James, is you'll agree with me on this, because people haven't heard this yet. But speaking to Tudgy and Lovins, what what did they say about like Lovins not gonna go too much into it, but I remember a comment he was making about when he it was about oh, Wednesday fans are amazing, Tudgy, Wednesday fans are amazing, you know, the nan and granddads are this and that when they were on about our own games, or when when they're doing well, it's amazing, whatever. Uh, the, the, the gist you were getting it like the fans are good but it's at home games and stuff and atmosphere is not the same as a way but it, it's true like so when they run about it players they can feel it on pitch when they're not like this and that so yeah I do agree it's, it might be a, bit, a tiny bit easy for him but not only that not only that it's 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 an empty stadium it's an empty stadium there's no fans there whatsoever apart from themselves they can hear it they can do it whatever so how can how can it not be a positive not having any pressure on you Exactly. That's uh, that's kind of the point I was trying to trying to make. Is it's a little bit less pressure, uh, a little bit uh, easier. Before we move on, anyway, James, one last thing I'm going to say because you know when you always say, "Well, from the next two games, would you take this? Would you take that?" I'm ju- just now mentioning because I'm looking and Bournemouth the one next. You know now from the next two games, I'd have took three points from Coventry and Wickham, but now it's not Wickham; it's Preston. But I'd have still took three points just winning one of the two games. But you know now, seeing that we've got Bournemouth after. I wouldn't anymore because it's all right taking three points from them two games, but then you got Bournemouth away. So it's a lot harder. So now I, I, we've got to take at least four points, I think, personally. So don't you think that changes looking at next two games, knowing you've got Bournemouth after all? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, you're probably, you're probably right there. That Bournemouth is going to be a tough game. I mean, just looking at the runner fixtures now, right? we've got Coventry, Preston, Bournemouth, uh, Millwall, Wickham. Uh, I mean, <sighs> I think the following two fixtures are do look like they're uh, a little bit a little bit easier, but yeah, I, I think you're just going to take every game as it comes. Yeah, really, well, to be perfectly I'm honest, I'm going to say you hear it on telly all the time. No, we're taking every game as it comes, and it's such a stereotypical thing to say. I know it's true as well. Cliche. It is. It is. But at the same time, James, like as me as as a Wednesday fan, that's how I think. So, like, I think now if we were playing away at Norwich at League today and our next home games Wickham. I don't think we we have to get a result today away at Norwich because we've got Wickham next. Whereas if you've got two relegation, you know what I mean. I just think looking three games ahead at Bournemouth, I think you've got to get more from the next two games now. Right. So before we move on um, to uh, to do the Wednesday picks feature, you know, mapping versus Alcroft that we know that we all love. Do you want to give us that third clue? Yeah, that player? Well, third, third clue. I weren't gonna I was gonna mess about with another this and that, but because I'm gonna end it here, I'm gonna get ten seconds after to all fans listening and to yourself. If you haven't got it already, his initials are YF. Ten seconds. One right, so before you answer, James, everyone at home, be honest, message us on Twitter, WTID pod, Wednesday Side Eye pod, or Instagram. Let us know if you got it and be honest. 
And James, have you got it? Is it a certain uh, Johan Folle? Yes, there it is. He got it. <laughs> did, you get it did you get it just then, or what did you I, get? To be fair, yeah, I'd, I'd not, I'd not got it from you, from your previous to it with the, uh, it with the initials that gave it away. To be honest, so uh, yeah, just just came to me then. That was quite good. That though, I mean, obviously interesting to uh, to do a few more. Do you, do you want me to do one next week? It's up to you. Yeah, go on. I'll, go on then. I'll do one next week. I'll uh, I'll think of someone. Do you know what? Did you did you see that um, that forgotten eleven that I did uh, a few uh, a few last week? Yeah. Did you, did you, did you, you see Kim that Ol- one? You missed Kim Olsen though. <laughs> He's the worst strike we've ever had. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, looking through the list, there were so many players that I could have that I could have had and could have chosen. Uh, and 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 obviously, thanks for everyone getting involved as well on on Twitter. They were they were sending absolutely loads, which is uh, which is good to see. I, I would say bringing memories back, but certain people didn't even know they played for us, so uh, there were absolutely no memories whatsoever. Um, you know, the thing is with people with that list, James. It made me like one of them. As soon as I saw Adamson, right? As soon as I saw him, I went like that. I covered the rest of my phone up because I was laughing and I was thinking I'm going to love this. So I didn't want to see loads of random ones. So when you look back to Adamson, you know, when you look at players like that ugly and that rubbish, right? You just thought, <laughs> you know, when you're at the games, Westwood is that good in there? If he makes a mistake, fuck it. But when you when it Adamson and you just know how rubbish you were, you know you're going to make a mistake. You just won't even get angry. You're just laughing. Oh, here we go again. Like, they were that, they were that rubbish. You remember, uh, remember him as well, Chris Stringer? Yeah, but weren't he decent? No. Well, I think he, he, he retired at like 21 or something. He retired. And I think he's in, I, I would look in the other day and to be honest, this is something that we are going to, uh, we are going to do probably at the end of the season, maybe to fill a, fill a gap. But, you know, look at players and that played for Sheffield Wednesday and, and what they're doing now um, and everything. Now it's time for our uh, weekly feature uh, brought to you in association with Wednesday Picks. Um, as you probably know, me and Jeremy go head to head each week to see who will have the bragging rights um, over each other. Now, Wednesday Picks is a free-to-play game whereby asking and correctly predicting the outcome of the games can bag you a share of £1,000. Uh, download the app today from your app store to play along. Please play responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Mapping versus Howcroft. Now, um, do you want to know results from today? Before you tell me results, tell me how many points I got. You got five. Five? How did I get... What did I say? What did I, I thought I said, like... Well, you said we'd lose. That was yeah. a point. And then you also said that we'd make four or more saves. So you got four points for that. So that's five. Right. Is that it? I got nine. Oh, yes. hell. Yes. One, so one. Uh, it's one one. Yeah, so uh I beat you, I beat you this week, which I'm uh up at moment about, of course. I couldn't see you go two 0 up. I've got to uh, I had to I had to peg you back. So uh obviously the next game, uh Coventry, obviously gonna we're gonna miss the uh the Preston one. We'll be able to do it for the Preston one, but obviously we'll do it for the uh for the Coventry game. So as ever, it's the same five questions. Obviously there is more than five questions on the app, so please download the app and uh, and play along as well. Um I'll quickly whiz through the five questions. Will we beat uh, Coventry? How many goals will we score? How many corners? How many shots on target? And how many saves? So go on. Yes, we'll beat Coventry. I think we'll have shots on target. I'll say three shots on target. Corners, four or more. How many saves will we make? Uh, I'll go for two. How many saves will we make? I'll go for two. Uh, and how many goals? 
I want to say one nil, but I'm gonna go for two nil. So, but so I'll go for two goals. Two goals. So will we beat Coventry? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be optimistic this time. But we're gonna be gonna beat Coventry. We're gonna score one one goal. We're gonna sneak it one nil. Uh, corners, uh, four or more corners, three shots on target, and two saves. So, thank you very much for everyone uh, listening. Obviously, we do really appreciate it. If you have enjoyed the podcast today, then uh, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. Obviously, we do really, uh, really appreciate those uh, those comments as well. Um, obviously, we record this podcast every week. Please keep your eye out for the uh, interview that will be dropping at Tud Guy. That's scheduled to go out on Thursday, but as we said, if we get to 500 followers on Twitter, we'll release that uh, a little bit earlier for you. So get uh, following and sharing as uh, with all your friends and family as well. So thank you very much. Uh, it's a good night from me. Good night from me. See you next week. See you next week, everyone. Thank you very much. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.